It's time for the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. On this edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast, we go back and highlight some of the top picks out of the 2021 NFL Draft, along with a look at the brand new released NFL schedule. All that plus my interview with the HT We Are podcast. All that and so much more. But before we begin, we would like to thank our sponsors, Regroup Building Services, PM Plus Reserves, Shenandoah Primitives, and Chief Graphics. Thanks, as always, to our music productions by Quet and Dave Johnson for our wonderful intro, as always. All right, folks, it's time for yet another edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast. It comes your way right now. Connected. This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby, on Sports Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned in to another edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Josh Kirby. Thanks so much for tuning back in with us on this wonderful day for another podcast. As always, our sponsors, Regroup Building Services, PM Plus Reserve, Shenandoah Primitives, and Chief Graphics. Make sure you check out our website, www.kirbyonsports.com. I know it has been a while. I'm riding solo. Dan Demski cannot be with us this week, but he is doing well. So best wishes to Dan, who just graduated for a second time in person at Virginia Tech. So, so happy for our co-host and lead contributor, Dan Dembski. Ladies and gentlemen, the NFL Draft has wrapped up. If you haven't seen it yet, we were live on Facebook the night of the draft from a local establishment, Anthony's Pizza, right up the street from my um, house and It was a great time. So if you want to go back and listen to it, you can. Facebook.com slash Kirby on Sports Podcast. So briefly, I just want to get into it. Just recap the draft very fast. You know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because of the fact that we did do this draft show. We didn't do the entire draft because they were closing at 10. But... Yet, we, I still feel like that there are some players that I should be talking about in this draft. So, I mean, starting from the top, we it was sort of common sense. Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson would go 1-2 on the top for the Jags and the New York Jets. So, looking at Trevor Lawrence, though... Urban Meyer, brand new head coach, and there have been rumors surfacing that 
the Jaguars might bring in Tim Tebow as a tight end. Tim Tebow has been out of the league for a while, but to see him back in the NFL would be amazing. It would be absolutely incredible to see Tim Tebow back in the National Football League. Although it, uh, I do have concerns because of the fact of the matter is he's been out of the league so long. He's been with the New York Mets playing baseball. Do you think Tim Tebow can produce like he did in Denver? I mean, that playoff game, that remarkable playoff game where they beat Pittsburgh, obviously. But I mean, that that's another conversation for another day. But uh, that is something... I would be looking out for um, if I were Jaguars fans or if I were sports fans in general just to sort of get a, get an idea on if Tim Tebow can handle going back into the National Football League because he's been removed for quite a while now. I believe 2013, 2014 was his last season before he didn't get re-signed. So that, that's really, really going to be interesting to see. Zach Wilson, number two, going to the New York Jets, the quarterback from BYU. Obviously, this is the pick that um, was projected. Um, Robert Sala, a defensive-minded coach for the Jets, um, coming from San Francisco. Obviously, the Jets needed a quarterback because they just traded Sam Darnold to the Panthers. so Or Sam Darnold signed. So, um... Anyways, uh, you have to find a quarterback because, I mean, the Jets need to do something. And quarterbacks to start, Zach, um, excuse me, Zach Wilson's uh, performance at BYU, I've seen film on him. He, he does a pretty great job. I liked his film. And uh, I think Robert Sala um, is going to get more defense. Uh, minded, but still, the Jets needed a quarterback. They're going to have to go O-line to protect him. I mean, last season, the Jets just did not do well at all. So, um, to see Zach Wilson go number two wasn't a surprise to me, and I, I think Robert Sala will figure out a way to find the puzzle pieces to make this Jets team into becoming an elite franchise later on down the road. But there is a lot of work to do, ladies and gentlemen. There is a lot of work to do for the New York Jets. Number three, this is where the NFL draft officially starts. Because if you listen to our live reaction to this pick, and I'll probably throw it up here if I can find it, our live reaction when we were going live from the draft, when San Francisco drafted Trey Lance from North Dakota State. And Trey Lance, I mean, he hasn't played a ton for North Dakota State. I thought Trey Lance would have dropped a little bit further. Because San Francisco, all that was being talked about is San Francisco picking Mac Jones. Kyle Shanahan likes Mac Jones in this situation. And I'm thinking to myself... Mac Jones going three? There's no way. There's no possibility whatsoever. Mac Jones is going to fall. And he ended up falling, and the San Francisco 49ers took a surprise pick in Trey Lance. And I really feel like that um, picking Trey Lance, uh, I mean, Kyle Shanahan, he is a great head coach, don't get me wrong. And 
I, I think they can work with him. I really do think so. Trey Lance is mobile. Um, he hasn't had much college playing time, though, from what I've been hearing. But, um, I mean, it's really going to be interesting to see how they use Trey Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo is 100% behind helping Trey Lance out um, because uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo's injury, I mean, I think he'll be back to normal by this upcoming season, but still, how how much more does he have to go, you know, after suffering that brutal injury that set him out most of last season and whatnot? So, I, I mean... Uh, I, I mean, I think the San Francisco 49ers are just re retooling because they were in the Super Bowl, but two years ago. So it's really going to be interesting to see how they use Trey Lance here. Number four, really quickly, the Atlanta Falcons pick up Kyle Pitts from Florida. I thought this could go either way. I thought Atlanta could have picked up a quarterback. And that would have meant they're moving on from Matt Ryan in the near future. But it does not seem that way. It looks like they're trying to add another weapon for Matt Ryan to throw to. Um, getting rid of Dan Quinn in the offseason, as you know. Replacing their head coach with Arthur Smith. I mean, th that's, good. that's a telling sign that they're still working. They're still rebuilding. Kyle Pitts was insane at Florida, in my opinion, and uh, what more can you ask for? Number five, Jamar Chase from uh, drafted to Cincinnati from LSU. I think that's um, really good. Um, uh, they, they need a weapon for Joe Burrow, and he, he looked powerful uh, at LSU, but um, I like that pick. The Dolphins, they have a stockpile picks. And, I mean, they can do whatever they want. They picked up Jaden Waddle from Alabama. I, I don't think that's a bad move. Um, other moves I like, um, Penai Suell, offensive tackle. I mean, uh, uh, drafted by the Lions from Oregon. Um, I think that's going to be good to protect uh, Jared Goff, who is now a Lion. Now, I still can't wrap my head around that. The fact that Jared Goff is a lion because Stafford got traded to the Rams. Jer Jared Goff went to the Lions. I mean, Matthew Stafford's been with the Lions for Lord knows how long. And for them to just trade it, obviously it was a trade that needed to be happen needed to happen in my opinion. But I mean, still, it's just. <laughs> it's funny to hear the name Jared Goff starting quarterback in Detroit. But you got to protect him. Panay Suel, I think, is uh, great to protect him with at the offensive tackle position. Um, two quarterbacks go 8-9. and nine. The Panthers pick up J.C. Horn from South Carolina. And the Broncos pick up Pat Sertan from Alabama um, at number 9. I like both those picks. Then... It gets interesting. Dallas was going to be the 10th pick, if I am correct. Uh, yes, the 10th pick, and Philadelphia would have been the 12th pick. And that did not seem to be the case as Dal as Philadelphia traded up with Dallas. Um, and Dallas switched down to 12. The Eagles picked up Devontae Smith incredible season from Alabama and I 
I think that's a weapon Jalen Hurts can use. Jalen Hurts, as you know, from Alabama. So what more can you ask for a wide receiver from Alabama who you've played with before? And I, I think he's really going to be a weapon for Philadelphia. And they need somebody. And De Devontae Smith, after his incredible performance in the first half of the national championship game before getting injured and not being able to play the second half. I like that move as well. But let's talk briefly about another move. The Chicago Bears trade up to number 11 in the NFL draft and pick up Justin Fields from Ohio State. First and foremost, I thought Justin Fields could have gone three to San Francisco, but he fell. And I was very surprised he fell because Justin Fields um, was really impressive, in my opinion. Um, when I saw Justin Fields' tape, when I saw him play for Ohio State during games, he looked great. And for him to fall to number 11 and the Bears to pick him up, th this just says to me the Bears are trying to find something and hopefully they just don't make another mistake like they did with Mitchell Trubisky. Because that's what I thought as soon as the Bears traded up. that They're going to draft a quarterback. And lo and behold, they drafted Justin Fields. Number 12, the Dallas Cowboys pick up Micah Parsons from Penn State. He ended, Parsons for Penn State ended his season at Cowboys Stadium. And the Cowboys draft him. This is huge for Dallas. Dallas's defense was second last in the league in giving up most points. Uh, they gave up the most points in the National Football League in their defense. And Micah Parsons, an inside linebacker from Penn State, that is exactly what the Dallas Cowboys need to improve their defense. Because, you know, the whole NFC East was just not good last season. And the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, their defense was absolutely terrible. I'm going to be blunt and honest there. And for Micah Parsons to be picked up, that's good. I, I, I really like that pick. I, I know I am a Washington football team fan, but uh, Dallas had to pr improve their defense. And to get a guy like Micah Parsons, I wish Parsons could have fell to number 19 in Washington, but... He didn't, obviously. So, um, but still, Micah Parsons was one of those uh, players where I thought could have gone a little bit higher, but I think he was drafted just right. Mac Jones was projected to go number three to San Francisco, but he falls all the way down to number 15. I was expecting this. And the New England Patriots draft a quarterback in the first round. Of the draft in picking up Mac Jones. Um, I I mean, obviously, wh where are they going to go with quarterback? Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. Uh, you have Cam Newton on a one-year deal. Uh, obviously, Cam Newton has knowledge. He's been in the Super Bowl with Carolina, Super Bowl 50. They lost to Denver. Um, I think he can teach Mac Jones some stuff, but eventually I don't think Cam Newton will be in the picture for the New England Patriots, and they will turn to Mac Jones eventually. It just depends on how long it takes to develop Mac Jones and what else needs to be done for the New England Patriots. But, I mean, they went off in free agency, and the Patriots went off in the NFL draft, and I feel like that 
Uh, they're going to continue to build until Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots can get back to where they always were, a Super Bowl. And they missed the playoffs last year, but with all their guys back from last year opting out due to COVID, uh, they're going to build and they're going to keep on chomping at the bit until they can get all the way back to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. You're listening to the Kirby on Sports Podcast. We'll be right back right after this. I'd like to take a moment to talk about my friends over at Regroup Building Services, specializing in custom homes, remodels, additions, and so much more. If you're looking for a new place to call home or just need repairs on your current one, look no further because Regroup Building Services has you covered. Just a couple months ago, Regroup Building Services came in and redid our entire kitchen, and boy, does it look great. I cannot recommend them enough. So if you're looking for anything to be done, make sure you check them out at www.regroupbuildingservices.com. Once again, that's www.regroupbuildingservices.com where they do the honeydews that your honey don't. Make sure you tell them Josh sent you. Welcome back to the Kirby on Sports Podcast. I'm briefly discussing my favorites from this year's NFL draft. Uh, we ended with Mac Jones before the break. I talked about him and going to New England and how New England is fighting to get back to where they once were a Super Bowl. They want to get back after missing the playoffs. So uh, I like Zaven Collins. Um, the Arizona Cardinals picked him up. I think that is a great addition outside linebacker. Helps their defense out a lot. Um, a questionable one, we'll get into this a little bit more when I bring on the HT We Are podcast, but Jameen Davis, an inside linebacker, the Washington football team drafted him out of Kentucky, and I, I think he is an under-the-radar linebacker because when I saw they drafted him, I had no clue who the guy was, never heard of him, never heard of him on any draft websites or anything in my mind. I, I, I would have loved to see the Washington football team pick up a guy like Christian Derisaw from Virginia Tech or Micah Parsons falling to Washington at 19, but obviously that didn't happen. But looking at the tape, I, I think Washington and Ron Rivera and the front office staff know what they are doing. And uh, for fans out there, I think they're going to trust the process, and hopefully that's going to pay off uh, for the Washington football team and they can have another successful season with a winning record. Caleb Farley, the Titans pick him up. Uh, uh, cornerback from Virginia Tech, that is a huge move. I, I I like the draft class coming out of Virginia Tech and Christian Darisaw and Caleb Farley. They were um, really good choices, in my opinion. And, uh, I, I, I mean, Caleb Farley, obviously he fell due to his injuries, but I, I think he will rehab and um, help the Titans out tremendously. Uh, Najee Harris running back. The Steelers pick him up from Alabama. Najee Harris, um, I mean, I, I like what he did in Alabama, and I thought, I, I think he would really help Pittsburgh out. And 
the the Jaguars at 25 to pair with Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. They pick up Travis Etienne running back from Clemson. So what a better duo. Um, quarterback and running back on the same team drafted in the first round. I thought I thought that was very interesting, but ETM was on the board, and I had a feeling that Jacksonville would pick them up. Um, I like Bateman, uh, drafted out of Minnesota by the Ravens. Uh, another weapon to add for Lamar Jackson. Um, and then the Ravens trade to 31 and pick up that uh, – Outside linebacker, excuse me, from Penn State, Odafe away. Uh, that was a good one. And the Buccaneers at number 32 pick up Joe Tyron. With the 32nd pick, I said this in the um, in the live stream as well, you can literally do whatever you want because you win the Super Bowl. And the Buccaneers have almost all of their roster back, so they can literally do whatever they want. Um, other picks I like? Samuel Cosme, offensive tackle from Texas. The Washington football team picked him up. I think he will really do good. He is big and he is built. And I, I saw some of his film. He looks incredible out there. Um, you look here, um, Kyle Trask. The Buccaneers pick up Kyle Trask out of Florida in the second round. I thought that was kind of surprising. But yet again, who knows how much longer Tom Brady is going to be in this league. But Kyle Trask, I thought he could have went a little bit higher as well, but he didn't. Um, he ended up in the second round. I thought he could have been late first round, early second round, in my opinion. But what do I know? I'm just a guy um, just talking about sports. Um, I'm going to stick with the Washington football team again. They pick up Diami Brown, wide receiver from North Carolina. The, um, in the offseason, the Washington football team picks up Curtis Samuel to run along with Terry McLaurin, picking up Diami Brown. I, I think they're, they're going to be a couple weapons for whoever will be the starting quarterback in Washington, um, in Diami Brown, Terry McLaurin, and Curtis Samuel. So I like that they added another wide receiver there as well. Um, other than that, I mean, the NFL draft, in my opinion, was um, pretty well done. Um, they did it safely, obviously, and um, I enjoyed watching it. They did it in Cleveland this year because um, – um, as you know, they're sort of mixing it up, not doing it in uh, Radio City anymore. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And all the fans that got to sit up in the leather chair um, to uh, d d deliver the pick or whatever they were doing. And I, I thought that was really cool. But the only problem Dan, Carlos, and myself had with the draft they always drag it out. I mean, one round. The first round took from like 8 o'clock to 12 midnight. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like there would be some sort of way to speed up the process, but I guess they, they have to do what they have to do. But other than that, I did enjoy the NFL draft. Once again, you can go on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash 
Kirby on Sports Podcast, and you can watch the entire live stream. You can fast forward and listen to our live reaction to um, all of the picks, um, about 1 through 10, before we had to shut down the live stream But uh, due to them closing. But other than that, it was a fun time. And when we return, we will talk about the NFL schedule release right here on the Kirby on Sports podcast. For sports fans living in condominium and homeowners associations, as well as business professionals, when you need a reserve study, PM Plus Reserves has been in business since 1990. Their studies are accurate and easy to understand. Check them out when your association needs a study, www.pmplusreserves.com. You can also contact them at 70 803-803-8436. Once again, www.pmplusreserves.com. Welcome back to the Kirby on Sports podcast. And I guess we found a way. Uh, Dan Dembski found his way to get on the show for the back half, talking the, about the NFL schedule release. I thought he didn't have time. He graduated. He's grinding and he graduated again from Virginia Tech live in person. But none other than Dan Dembski always finds a way to make it on the Kirby on Sports podcast. Dan, how are you, sir? Well, that intro is just amazing. So I don't know how I'm going to follow that up, but I'm doing well, man. I just got back into town here uh, about an hour and a half ago or so was unpacking watch the smithsonian channel a little bit uh watch the warriors and grizzlies and uh i'm doing well man just trying to relax get back in the swing of things and uh just prepare for the work week ahead it's going to be a busy one like always so the smithsonian channel that's a channel i've never watched it's great <laughs> man it's I, I highly recommend it for sure i might have to check it out i'm sort of big on history i assume you are too Absolutely, man. They, they have a lot of cool stuff. Uh, one of the great shows they have is called Air Disasters, and they, ha they have like reenactments of flights and stuff that crash. They talk about how it happened, and uh, that's probably one of my favorite shows to watch. So, wow. Um, I highly recommend that to our listeners as well. Great channel, great, great show there. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing well, man. Uh, just ready for the busy week, ready to talk about the schedule release and some of the games we're anticipating. So, should be a fun should be a fun season this year for sure. Okay, so I, I I'm not gonna bore the listeners and Dan with my rant about the Washington football team schedule because that's coming up after um when we bring on my interview with the HT We Are podcast. But uh for myself, I wrote down a couple of games that I like from the schedule release that we will um touch on not in huge detail but we will talk about some of it so mm -hmm. the nfl schedule uh, what what's so great about this once again is the fact that of the matter is the draft just happened we just recapped that a little bit because we were live um the other night during the draft so not too much detail on that. And then the schedule release comes out a bit about a week or two later. All the anticipation is there and it, it, we're hyped for football. We're hyped for football to get back into the swing of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't, 
couldn't agree more. And I, I do like how they how they do it, where they have the draft and then and then the schedule release just after that, because you kind of get a chance to see, you know, to highlight some of these rookies on some of these teams and see how they're going to do this year against pretty tough competition, which um, there's going to be quite an adjustment for all of them. But yeah, really, really like the way the NFL does that. And, uh, you know, as we get through June, July and, and into August, it's, it's just the anticipation is going to build and um, still ready for the season to start. It's, it's really funny because I realized I'm going to be at the beach um, in September and I'm coming home that Saturday and then, Games start on Sunday, so it's gonna, gonna be, be tired. At, oh, <laughs> I'm gonna be really, really tired after that Absolutely. one because it's gonna be like, um, it's gonna be like, um, having fun, relaxing, going to the beach, then intently watching football and producing podcasts. So, third, let, let's start off, let's keep it rolling. The first game of the season, I will be at the beach for it's gonna be the Dallas Cowboys. Coming into Tampa, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, on their title defense going to be hoisting the Super Bowl banner. So um, that's a game to look out for because number one, Dak Prescott will be back and healthy. Um, Dallas's defense looks to be improved a little bit based on the draft. But I mean, there are many factors between now and when the start of the season does happen. But that week one, what a better matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, and talk about a challenge for Dallas, a team that's supposed to be improved this year. Um, and people expect big things from them. So, yeah, you have to come out and play one of the best teams in the NFC um, and go on the road to do so. So, yeah, definitely a tough challenge for Dallas. We're going to kind of get to be able to see – Engage where they are with this game. I know it'll be the first game of the season. There's going to be rust on both sides, you know, but I think Tampa Bay is probably one of the most complete teams in the NFC right now. So we'll really get a good picture of where Dallas is as a franchise and definitely get a glimpse of what's to come this year. And hopefully for Cowboys fans, we see some improvement because last year was not good. Not, not, not good at all. Tampa Bay, as you know, I, I mean, they have um, pretty much all of their roster back. So that's one thing to look out for. Like, nobody has left Tampa Bay. So it, it, who knows how this team is going to look going into this upcoming season due to the fact that they have not lost any guys from their Super Bowl win. And they could be even better. Yeah, they are a scary team uh, for sure. And I think they're the team that everybody sort of has an expectation that they're going to go back at least to the NFC Championship game and probably, unfortunately for Tom Brady haters, another Super Bowl, which would just be beyond words for Brady to be in another Super Bowl and possibly win another Super Bowl. He's just going gonna to be the most hated man alive, um, even though he already basically is. Um, but... We'll see what happens. I, I think, you know, the injuries last year really hurt Dallas. Um, we know how bad that defense was last year, and the offense just couldn't keep up. So this is going to be a tough challenge for them. If they, if they can keep this game close, um, e even if they do lose this game, I, I do think they're going to have a good season regardless. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. So um, week two, the next game I want to look at in the schedule release is the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Dan, I'm sure you might have some stuff to say, but just another chapter in the Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes um, saga. And uh, I mean, with Lamar Jackson and that new wide receiver Baltimore just picked up in the draft, I mean, and looking at Patrick Mahomes, this might be another real battle, another great game to look forward to. I'm surprised it's in a week two slot. I would imagine they would have probably tried to bump it back, maybe middle of the season towards the end of the season. But still, I mean, week two, that's a tough game starting week two. Yeah, um, most definitely. And, you know, the Ravens have really struggled against um, Kansas City in the last couple of years when they played them and Lamar especially. Um, so this is definitely one of those games. You know, the, the, the criticism has been there for Lamar Jackson now every, every year he's played, but especially last season. And, um, and the season before against competition like Kansas City, where he really struggled and just wasn't himself. Um, this is going to be a really tough game for the Ravens. But I, I think, you know, I, I think the big key for them is how they're, how they're going to play defensively, especially going up against those really talented receivers that Kansas City has. Kansas City's the best team in football, um, even though they really struggled in the Super Bowl to Tampa Bay. I still believe Kansas City's the best team and Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback. And it's going to be good. Again, like I said, with Dallas and Tampa, it's going to be a good indicator of, of how this season's going to go um, for both teams. I think I, I, I think, uh, I think if the Ravens can win this football game, I, I think it'll help their confidence in a huge way, especially being an early season game. And, you know, the schedule isn't easy for the Ravens either. Um especially after this game, but I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. You know, this is, this is the matchup that everybody wants to see. And hopefully the Ravens make it a little closer this time, because like I said, they really have struggled in the last couple of years against Kansas city and Lamar, especially. So there's a lot riding on this game early on in the season. Um, and I, I do think it's going to be a fantastic game to watch. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. So the next game I want to talk about, this is very, very early in the season, but much anticipated. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady marching up to Foxborough to face Tom Brady's former team in the New England Patriots on Sunday night football. I am surprised on how early it is a week four matchup, but nonetheless, a Sunday night matchup between the Buccaneers and the New England Patriots. I am marking my calendar and I am watching that entire game. Yeah. And you have to think if anybody can beat knows how to beat Tom Brady, it's, it's gotta be Bill Belichick. Um, you know, they work together for so long and that's definitely going to be one of those games that everybody's going to watch. Um, yeah. The Sunday night football lineup is, you know, for the first couple, the first um, four weeks is really, really stacked. So um, this game is, I mean, it speaks for itself. You have a Patriots team who I think there's a lot of question marks about this year. Um, well, they definitely are going to be better. I, I, I don't think that's even a question because of how they absolutely reloaded in free agency. Um, and we all know how good Tampa Bay is and how good they were last season, especially 
in the last, you know, six to seven weeks of the season. So it's, it's really going to be, you know, you know, the, the headline throughout the week is going to be Brady versus Belichick once again. Well, not once again, because it's the first time uh, they've, they've played each other in this, in this sort of respect, but really it's about to me, how is that new England defense going to hold up? And there's a lot of question marks on that new England offense as well. You know, how will they look this season? Because they're, they're pretty young offense. I think they have, you know, they have a couple weapons, but they're not loaded to any extent. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if New England falls behind early, do they have the weapons to keep up? I think that's going to be a big question mark and something that really to circle and highlight for this game. Question marks I can agree with um, in this matchup for New England, but yet again, Based off last season, a lot of players they did not have because they opted out due to COVID-19. But you look and you see all these players are back on the roster. New England acted like they had no cap, like there was no cap space in the NFL. And they just went out on a rampage in free agency. And they did the exact same thing in the draft. If Anybody is thirsty to get back to the Super Bowl. It's Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, and they're tackling the draft in free agency the correct way, and they're just doing what needs to be done in order to get back to where they need to go because last year I feel like that added fuel to the fire. First, Tom Brady left. Second, they missed the playoffs, and Cam Newton wasn't that great. And – yeah, I mean, just more fuel of the fire. And I feel like New England's going to come out with a burning desire to at least get back into the playoffs because it's unheard of that New England never, uh, like, doesn't make it into the playoffs. And, I mean, even with that wild card exit or the first round exit when the Titans beat the Patriots, Tom Brady's last game as a Patriot was a playoff loss. But uh, I mean, I think that's just more fuel to fire um, for lack of a better term to get the new England Patriots where they need to be. And I, I just think Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick are on all on the same boat in all working together as one to try to get new England back to the promised land, which is the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, and there's no better franchise and no better head coach who answers to criticism better than Bill Belichick. You know, just when people think, you know, they would have a couple games where they struggled with Brady and all of a sudden is the dynasty over and then the Patriots would rattle off, you know, 10 out of 12 wins to end the season or something insane like that. Um, Yeah, I definitely agree. And that's actually a really good point. I'd forgotten how many Patriots players opted out. And that definitely hurt them a lot last year. Actually, it's kind of amazing that they weren't worse, uh, that, that they didn't have a worse record than they ended up having so um yeah it's definitely going to be interesting to see how they come out and attack after they were so aggressive in free agency and like you said in the draft definitely going to be an improved football team and you know hopefully this game is you know lives up to the hype uh i think an overtime you know an overtime game would be ideal for most football fans but obviously it's hard to get that so um i i think we'd just be happy with a last second, you know, field goal or something for the win. Yeah, I, I am looking forward to that game 110%. I'm sure you are too as well. 
looking to week number five in the NFL, the Bills and the Chiefs, a rematch of the AFC championship game. And I think the Bills will be an even better franchise this year. I feel like the Bills just slowly working their way up. And I think they're going to take the next step because they looked incredible during the playoffs. And I thought they had a chance to beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs were just too good. But I I think the Bills are going to come out and play their hearts out um, this entire season, not just this game, but this is just a highlight on what the Bills can come out and make a statement by beating this Chiefs team. They could make an impressively huge statement if this Buffalo Bills team comes out and beats the Chiefs. They're working on... um, what happened last year? They lost in the AFC championship game. And I think the bills are going to take that one step further and who knows where that's going to take them. But I think the bills are trying for more. Absolutely. One of the best teams in the AFC, especially in that division where, um, you know, they're definitely the, the front runners this year and clear front runners once again. So, I, I agree. And again, Josh Allen, um, he has been, he has been fantastic at times. And then, you know, in that AFC championship game last year, we just saw how much he struggled against that Kansas city team. So again, I hate to say this again, but this is kind of to see where he is as far as has he developed and learned from the many mistakes he made last year in that AFC championship game. I don't know. I think he had four or five turnovers by himself and was really a detriment to that game for, for Buffalo and pretty much, you know, I wouldn't say single-handedly lost in the game, but certainly he didn't give them any favors in how he played. So um, there's going to be a lot of people looking at that game and saying, okay, so where are you now? Um, and I, I think Josh Allen is a fantastic competitor and quarterback. I just want to see improvement. I, I want to see the game, again, another close game, um, and limit the turnovers. That's going to be huge in this game because you can't give any team free opportunities in this league, much less Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they take advantage of every single chance they get, whether it, you know, whether it be through a turnover or short field or some special teams play or otherwise. You know, they are they, they're just the – the, the top tier and you can't give them any second chances. So uh, I think that's going to be key in this game, Josh Allen and how he improved after that AFC championship game at the end of last season. Yeah. If you turn the ball over against Kansas city and Patrick Mahomes, it's not going to end well for you. You, you have to limit the turnovers and um, that's your key there. I mean, th- this game is months away, but still that's your key to the game because Based off last season, Josh Allen, as Dan mentioned, um, had four or five turnovers. So I I feel like that's going to be a huge key to the game. Just limit the turnovers. So um, that's going to be a really exciting one. I I, week one, two, four and five. I mean, we're still five weeks into the season and there are some pretty exciting matchups pretty early in the season. I'm very surprised about that, but still it makes for great football watching nonetheless yeah and especially with you know this this was mentioned in our space yesterday but i know you know there weren't many folks unfortunately that were in that but um 
you know, it makes the whole fact that they're going to be fans in the stands even more interesting, uh, that we're going to see some really, really good matchups. And I, I really do think there will be a boom of fans um, across, uh, really, really just across, across the board. And I think in every stadium with every football team, we're going to see fans really come back in and really make a difference in, you know, home field advantage once again because last year there really was no such thing as home field advantage so it's going to be a big thing moving forward absolutely um one matchup um is sort of yet to be determined if this will be a good matchup or not the green bay packers versus the kansas city chiefs and why i say maybe it's because of the drama ensuing up in green bay with Aaron Rodgers and not wanting to play for the Packers. I mean, that's a that's a whole conversation for a whole different day. But if Aaron Rodgers, I, I mean, I'm not really sure how, but if he were to um, restructure his relationship with Green Bay or however something like that works, and he plays for the Packers, playing the Chiefs, I, I don't believe... Yet Aaron Rodgers has faced Patrick Mahomes. If I, um, if my memory serves me right here, and if that is the case, that would be a very exciting matchup. Seeing one of the best of all time in the NFC in Aaron Rodgers go up against sort of a newbie who has made a huge name for himself in Patrick Mahomes. They uh they have played a couple times. Uh they played actually in 2019. Oh, really? Uh the Packers won that game too, 31-24. That was two seasons ago now. Um, and they also played in 2015 and 2011 with I mean, obviously very different football teams back then. I mean, and with Patrick Mahomes, did they play the facing Patrick once. Mahomes? One, One okay. So Patrick Mahomes in that case is more developed, more improved. And if Aaron Rodgers is still there, how is this matchup going to look then? That's that. That's the real key right there. If Patrick Mahomes is more developed and he can handle the Green Bay Packers and the Chiefs oh, wait, take the wait, win. Wait. Uh, Mahomes must have been injured because Matt Moore played in, in that 2019 matchup on October 20. Uh, 27. Well, in that case, so <laughs> whatever, whatever the case that. may be, this might be an exciting matchup pending Aaron Rodgers and his status. Yeah. And again, that's another thing with, with Rodgers, how he ended last season, really, really struggling in, in the postseason. even in the games they won, he didn't look like the same Aaron Rodgers. Um, and he really struggled in the NFC, um, in the, Against uh, that, that was the NFC Championship game against Tampa, right? I'm yes, trying to correct. remember. Correct. Yeah, he he was really he really struggled in that game. So, again, similar to the other quarterbacks we talked about, where where is Aaron Rodgers right now? Has he improved from that? And look, he doesn't have a whole lot to work with either. We've talked about that in the past as well. Um, but definitely, his presence is going to make a big difference because if you have a rookie quarterback, or sorry, like a second year quarterback in Jordan Love who's the backup quarterback playing instead of Aaron Rodgers? That's definitely going to change the game plan on both sides. Uh, you're going to see the Packers probably, you know, well, I mean, that's, that's closer to mid season. So maybe, maybe it's not as, 
much of a run heavy by then, but certainly going to be different than if you had Aaron Rodgers where you could feel comfortable throwing the ball 45, 50 times during the game. So that does make a big difference. And again, that's another developing situation that we're trying to keep an eye on for sure. Absolutely. And uh, the last and final game I'd like to touch on week 11, the Washington football team traveling to Carolina to face the Carolina Panthers. We all know the deal. Uh, Washington could have clinched uh, the NFC East with a win over Carolina. Unfortunately, Dwayne Haskins was starting that game and Carolina (laughs) came out and smacked Washington in the mouth, essentially. So um, to say the least, I mean, I think Washington's hungry for a revenge win uh, over the Carolina Panthers. And this is Ron Rivera's first time back in Carolina. So, I mean, this is not really one of the marquee games like we've been listing off, but yet I still feel like this is a game that people should pay attention and watch out for. Yeah. You know, I, this isn't really on my radar and I think, I think you understand that, but yeah, certainly I think for me, the headline is, is Ron returns to to Carolina where he was very successful for, for such a long time and really took a football team and, you know, took him to the Super Bowl. And, you know, I thought was unfairly fired, sort of not given much of a chance there to succeed uh, later on in his time there. So definitely going to be a revenge game for him. I think that's the angle I take from it. But obviously, you know, by, by week 11, I think for Washington, we're going to have to get a clear picture of are they the best team in the NFC East? Because what I hope we don't see is what we saw last season where it was back and forth week to week, you know, whether – you know, what team was taking control in that division. I hope we have a clear division leader by then. Um, I, I'm not going to say I hope it's Washington, but I, I do think they have a pretty good shot to win that division and, and be ahead. So that's, that, that's what I look at, essentially, is, is keep it simple here. Where do they stand in the division by week 11? Um, I, I think with that defense and, and improved offense and more weapons, I, I do think they will win the division. So. Um, a revenge game for Ron Rivera, a chance to prove to his old team that, hey, let me go is a bad idea. Also, Matt Rule, not really a fan, to be honest. Um, I think that was kind of an odd hire for the Panthers, and I think it's going to, in a couple seasons, it's gonna, they, they're going to let him go. So that's just my, um, my two cents. Anyway, I've talked long enough about this. I've kind of rambled and rumbled and stumbled and fumbled and fallen <laughs> and, rolled, and rolled down a hill, so. I'll throw it back to you. I'll, I'll throw it back to you now. So the, the essentially that's all the games I had on my radar. Were there any other ones on your radar you wanted to touch on? Um, maybe just the Ravens and Browns, obviously a divisional game. Um, I think our biggest opponent right now in the division are, are the Browns. I think everybody has seen how good they have become. In, in the last couple seasons and how dangerous they've become. So I think that's those two matchups are what I'm looking for. And other than that, I didn't have any that I had circled. Um, I think another interesting game on the Ravens schedule uh, is week five. They host Indianapolis and get a chance to see Carson Wentz, which I'm very excited about. <laughs> that's oh, a, yeah. That's also, that's also a Monday night football matchup. So that'll be interesting to see as well. Um, other than that, coming from the Ravens schedule, I don't have too much else. Um, 
to stay. I, th- I think they got a pretty good schedule. Um, they have a good mix on there. Obviously, they take, you know, the two divisions and then they um, they throw in a couple random games as well. So <clears throat> we'll see what the season brings. I'm really excited for my team. I know you're excited for your team. And, you know, it should, it should be a lot of fun. I, I really think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um and it, it it's going to be really really fun. Um I, I I'm just really looking forward to watching football and like you mentioned earlier, I think it's going to change because there will be fans in the stands and I think it's really going to be a great atmosphere, a great time uh watching these football games and it's so close but yet so far away. Um, but I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Can you yeah. wait, Dan? Can you wait? I, I can't wait, man. And you know, home field advantage is huge. And especially in a place like Kansas city, that's always one of the loudest places, a place like Seattle, um, similar stature Denver as well. I mean, those are, those are tough stadiums to go in as a road team and, and place and, and be successful, even though, you know, Denver's not the best team, but they, they have a loud stadium and all that. So I'm really looking forward to that aspect of it. I'm ready. I'm, I can't wait for fans to be back in the stadium and, again, make a difference in the game because it, re- it really does. Um, I'm just ready for the season, man. Um, last year was such a strange year. Uh, the, the NFL did a fantastic job of, uh, you know, they must let the show go on, and they, they did a good job of doing that. But I think this year – you know, we should be back to pretty much normal by then, by September, as we're getting there now, essentially, in, in mid-May with a lot of people or a lot of governors and such um, lift, lifting mask mandates and otherwise. Um, so it's going to be a fun season. I, I think it's going to be – there's going to be a lot of energy throughout the NFL with fans returning. Um, excuse me. And sort of getting back to a normal routine. I – can't wait and this is going to be a really fun season dan as always thank you for hopping on during your uh busy time i know you had a lot going on these past couple of weeks so we appreciate the time man and hopefully we can get you on for a another full episode here soon thanks brother i always appreciate coming on i always have a good time and and thank thank you to the listeners and the sponsors as well you guys are great The Kirby on Sports podcast continues right after this. Coming up next, my interview with the HT We Are podcast. Stay tuned. All right. Welcome back to the Kirby on Sports podcast, the NFL draft recap and schedule release recap, a little two and one combined. Pleased to be joined by the members of the HT We Are podcast to break down the Washington football team in the draft along with the schedule release. Freddie Ham and Maddie Crocker. Hey, guys. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Doing well, Josh. Thank you so much for having us. Super excited to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Really, really, really happy to finally be able to be uh, chopping it up with you. Yeah, chopping up. I remember chopping up with you, Freddie, on um, the DC Tweet Team podcast. That was fun. So I, I just knew that I had to get 
these two from the HT We Are podcast, two very knowledgeable people who are chopping it up, talking about the Washington football team all day, every day. Before we get into it, I do um, want to ask you both, whoever wants to start here, um, how did HT We Are sort of come about and how did you set it in motion to start this podcast? I'm going to let Freddie handle this one because he explains it so eloquently. So, <laughs> Okay, so so back in, uh, in 2019, um, Maddie Jane started the OK with Maddie Jane podcast. That was the precursor to what is now HTWR. Um, and we were friends on Twitter because, you know, I found, uh, you know, Washington Twitter, as, as we all did, uh, a lot of, I think, most of the uh, fan led podcasts and quote unquote content creators. And, you know, I don't like to say influencers we're, we're we don't influence anybody. I mean, maybe like, uh, like the hog farmers are influencers. Um, so, but we were friends on Twitter and uh, she started her podcast uh, because she had said she really just wanted an, an outlet you know, just to kind of get everything out, get all of her thoughts out. And she's so good at articulating her thoughts. She's got such a great voice. So obviously she put out the podcast and went over like gangbusters. Right. And I was one of uh, her loyal followers and subscribers. And um, I listened to the pod and I really enjoyed it. So what ended up happening was, uh, so we started to just chat um, online um, about Washington football because what struck me was all the things that she was saying on her podcast were all things that I really, really related to. Um, and I was like, wow, she's saying what, what I think. And, you know, and I'm like, wow, she's almost like, uh, like speaking for me. We, we shared a lot of the same opinions. So I wanted to go more in depth and talk more. So we ended up just starting to have these conversations uh, about Washington football. And it was just this ongoing thing. We would just talk constantly, like every day. We'd be going about our daily business and we'd have this big, long message chain just talking about whatever is going on in Washington football land because there's always so much going on, right? And it was a, a few months of this went by and she hadn't put out a pod for a while and I kept needling her I'm like put it back out put it back out record another episode you need to do it it's so good it's so good so by this time we got to um the, the start of the season and um she put out an episode I remember like right at the beginning I think and then she she hit me up because she had mentioned it a couple times before, just sort of in passing. And she was like, listen, remember when I was like, we should get together and we should join forces and we should relaunch the podcast and do it that way. And I'm like, yeah, she's like, well, let's do it. Like, let's do it for real. I'm like, okay, so so we did. So, you know, Maddie Jane had at the time, you know, well, I mean, not at the time. She's uh, Maddie Jane is a very accomplished musician. Uh, she had the technical know-how. Um, she had the know-how from a design standpoint. Um, and I kind of like took the reins as like, and uh, she's, we're, we found out that we're a really, really good pair. Cause I'm all about like ideas. Um, sometimes my ideas are kind of out there and she has to like pull me in. But um, so we, we, so we joined forces and we, we had a vision for what we wanted it to be, where we wanted it to go. And it was never our intention to just have a podcast. We've always treated it from the very start uh, as a brand 
brand and we wanted it to be representative of specifically us because what drew me to her podcast and what eventually became our podcast was I really, really felt a connection to it listening to it in a way that I didn't feel with other podcasts. And I'm not knocking the other podcasts out there, but what I enjoyed about it was I heard through her my own voice. And I feel like when people listen to our show, I think they can hear it's genuinely, it's just two friends talking about their favorite team. And I think that really, really comes through. And I think that resonates with a lot of people and fans because we're so much, everything about HTWR, the, the brand is all about a sense of community, a sense of, uh, you know, all of us fans together for what we all share and what we all love, which is the team and what we can do and what we can accomplish um, just from being fans and being part of a greater community. I mean, it's given us great things and hopefully Hopefully our, our listeners get a lot from it. Um, and we said from the very beginning, if there was one person who listened to our show and enjoyed it, that was enough. Um, and we'd keep doing it. So, I mean, it was, uh, you know, there were some rocky times here and there. There were some times when we were like, maybe we should just give it up. But we stuck through and uh, we have we have been rewarded in ways that we couldn't even have fathomed, not even imaginable, the opportunities that have that have come to us um, and what we've been able to do. But the best part is the relationships uh, that we've been able to forge in becoming friends with, you know, you know, I say friends with, you know, like Kyle from the Burgundy Zone and Andy from the DC Tweet team and Big Doug and having opportunities to do things with the team and all those things. So, and I mean, could you, I mean, what a great time to be a fan of the Washington football team right now with what we're doing. I've never felt like this in, in my whole life and being able to have a platform to, uh, express my thoughts, Maddie to express her thoughts uh, and us to share all this together and then getting to share it with the greater community and our listening audience. Um, you know, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. That's why we started. And, uh, but we honestly, we never dreamed that it would uh, get to where it is. Um, we're certainly, we're, we're certainly not the, we're not the, the biggest or the best, but uh, we, we try to put out the, the best show that we can and uh, hopefully people like it. And, and we really enjoyed doing it. Wow. I, I, I think that's really incredible how you all got the start to HT. We are, you can find them on Twitter at HT. We are, they are on all streaming platforms. So make sure you check them out. I want to go back to um, when you said um, this podcast sort of rewarded you in so many ways. Um, uh, one of those rewards I would imagine would be um, Maddie Jane, uh, getting the opportunity to uh, be the moderator on the most recent Washington football team clubhouse to discuss the fan amb ambassador network. So Maddie, I want to sort of get your thoughts on how this came to be and what, what it was like actually moderating, sitting in with a Super Bowl champion, one of the greats. And just give me your thoughts on all of that. Yeah. Uh, so I think, like Freddie said, well, I mean, we're at the end of the day, we're just fans, like doing the things that we've done since we were kids, right? Just like rooting for the team, whatever. Washington, you know, hit me up on Twitter and they asked me, you know, if I'd use the app Clubhouse. And so I'd said, you know, no, not yet. And they were like, you know, we're trying to do this Clubhouse. We'd love for you to, 
to be the moderator as it, they were talking about the fan ambassador network. So I assume they wanted a fan to moderate because, you know, obviously the topic. And so I was like, <laughs> and then when they said Doug Williams, I was like, of course I want to talk to Doug Williams. Are you kidding me? Like, of course I would love to do that. I would have done it regardless, but that was just, I mean, that was the cherry on top. And so it was, a, it was an incredible experience and not just Doug. I mean, listen, I've said this to anybody that has asked me about it. Like what, who you think Doug is, like from what you see, if you haven't gotten the chance to talk to him, who you think he is just from watching him. Yes, he's exactly that. He's the funniest guy. He's the most down to earth, just like wants to talk to you about seafood. Like that's what he wants to talk about. And I love it. I just eat it all up. I'm like, yeah, t talk to me as long as you want about Old Bay seasoning and I will listen. Like, it's amazing. But um, not only that, though, I will say like the um, everybody that I came in contact with that works for the team that works with the team, uh, Joey, that is the uh, he was the other one, um, the the other. Um, oh, yeah. I, I blanked on his name, but yeah, uh, yeah. he yeah, does yeah. fan experience, right? Yeah, it's like guest okay. experience. Yeah, fan yeah. experience. He's going to be doing a lot of stuff at FedEx. Um, really accomplished. You know, used to be like with cruises and just in the in entertainment in industry, like really, uh, really accomplished. And he was phenomenal. Like he was one of the nicest guys I've ever met. I mean, honestly, the experience, just getting to be able to do something like as silly as it was when Washington tweeted out and like my name was on the tweet, like Washington put out something and my Twitter handle was on it. It was, it seemed so small, but like to me as somebody that has like from a child, I just love this team so much mm -hmm. something like that it was like it like meant the world to me and so that opportunity was um incredible like I said it was more than just like just the fact that I got to talk to Doug and I got to work with Washington the people were incredible uh I really do believe that this organization is turning over a new leaf with people that just seem to be genuine I mean, and that's important to me and I think it should be important to all fans that like I feel like the people that are, are running this now are good people. And so um, it makes you happy uh, and proud to be able to root on the organization. So yeah, and even the ambassador network itself, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a great thing. I think it's a really great idea. And I'm excited to see um, who's chosen and, and what their uh, voice brings and what happens because of it. So cool stuff all around. I feel like it's really unique that it, it, after all the drama, I, we know about all the drama from last season, everything. And like you said, they're essentially turning over a new leaf. And I, I find it very unique that Washington is turning to get the fans opinion on what should be done. I don't think anybody has ever done that. Do you think other teams in the league, I'll give this to either one of you if you want to answer, but do you think if, any other teams in the league are going to try to do something similar to what Washington is doing? I don't think it's quite been ever done like this and on this scale and, and to where you really feel like the input is actually going to be taken and be taken seriously to where it's not just, you know, the, the BS survey that they send to the season ticket holders right? Because the season ticket holders are the only fans, right? You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. And then it's so multifaceted and, and I can't, Maddie Jane can, can go into more detail on all this and the way that they're doing it. It's so well designed. It's so well structured. And, um, 
there was something like they, they said that, and they wanted it to be so wide reaching and ranging so that they really get a sense in every aspect of the experience. Like they want the, they want the diehard fan and they want the, the casual fan. I can't remember exactly how that was worded, but, um, Maddie Jane is like the go-to, like anybody who's, who listens to this and checks this out. You have questions about the fan ambassador program. Maddie Jane's got all the answers. Yeah, no, I, I think that I think it's true. That like, like you said to your question, I don't think other teams are doing this, and I think if they did, I think it would be a smart move because I really do think you think about it. I think as fans, a lot of times we're like, they're the team, we're the fans, and that's it. Like, there's this big separation there, right? Like the team, even though we feel as fans like we're part of it because we invest so much time, so much money, we can go on and on, but. I really do feel like with things like this and the things, other things that Washington's doing as well, it really does feel like, wow, it really feels like we're a part of this in a different way than just, you know, we're just fans, but like we are just fans, but it, we really do feel a part of it. And, and yeah, like Freddie was saying, there's different categories, you know, there is the, the culinary, there's, it's all based around true making the game day experience better, which I think if anybody has been to FedEx field, they'll know. And they would say, the game day experience could be a whole lot better. And if you look around the league at other stadiums, the game day experience is a lot better. So I think that they're trying. And I think, you know, they understand that we've been unhappy with, you know, specifically the game day experience. Obviously the team, we, you know, we, we want to be, we want to <laughs> win a Super Bowl, but the game day experience has been lackluster. And I think that they're working towards that. And so I hope that it creates an environment and an atmosphere, even at FedEx and, and later on into the new stadium, whenever that is, that is something that fans are excited to come to and be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. That That is very great to hear. So once again, Freddie Ham and Maddie Crocker on the Kirby on Sports podcast, they run the HT We Are podcast. All right, let's dive into some of the uh, draft picks that Washington made. You all were, um, were you all down at that draft party at um, FedEx Field, I assume, on night one? Freddie was. I was. I was at home. I was on the couch. I was couch surfing. Unfortunately. Oh, I, so Fre- Freddie, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Um, the draft party. What that was like. It was very cool. Uh, I've been to other draft parties that Washington's put on in the past. Uh, obviously, it had to be a little bit different with you know the social distancing and and all of the the covid restrictions and all that stuff but it it was very very cool and you know you you get to go there and you could do all kinds of different stuff you could kick a field goal you could get your pitcher taken diving for the goal line you could meet a redskins excuse me washington football legend um uh, two-time super bowl champion dexter manley was there gary clark was there uh, Doug Williams was there. Uh, Logan Campbell was on the field conducting interviews with fans, asking their opinions about things. Just, just regular folks who come through. They had a, it was an '80s theme to go to tie in with all of the all the cool video clips and everything they put out was super '80s. I don't know if you saw uh, Jason Wright do the Soul Glow. <laughs> thing on his Twitter which was hilarious um they yeah they had an 80s band playing um they had setups where you could you could tour the locker room and all that stuff um I got to check all that stuff out it was it was really cool um I I didn't really get to hang out on the field and and mingle with with people who came by um just because the like I checked all that out and then I was for the rest of the evening I was uh we actually got to got to broadcast 
from FedEx, which was really, really cool. Got to, um, Maddie Jane got to, we got to get on some, uh, some zoom video. We did some stuff with, uh, Corey Sanchez who runs the, on the Warpath uh, YouTube shout out to Corey. Corey's great, does great work. Um, and then uh, also uh, Kyle Roenick, the pod father from Burgundy Zone, was broadcasting from there as well. So, And that was, uh, I alluded to it earlier, being able to create relationships and do fun stuff. I mean, Kyle and I met up. It was the first time I'd met Kyle in person. And uh, he just, he seemed like an old friend that I'd known uh, forever. And we're both sitting up there. At, there was a moment where we looked over at each other. We both have our laptops and our mics and everything set up and we're recording and we just kind of look at each other and we go, dude, we're here. You know, it's, it, it's, it's amazing. It was so cool. And it was, of course, it was a lot of fun. It's always fun to celebrate uh, your number, your round one draft pick amongst people who are all fans of the same team. You know, right? You don't have, want to be doing it with some trash like Eagles fan or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you got me there, good Freddie. So, um, l- let's dive in. Um, covering the draft, I did a live show on the Kirby on Sports Facebook page, and I we weren't able to broadcast this one because the establishment that we were, um recording live from close. So I was able to witness Washington's first pick. Obviously I wanted them to pick a linebacker. I did not want them to pick as a fan. I didn't want them to pick a quarterback. And I'm so glad in this draft, no quarterbacks were picked. I, to be honest, I've never heard of Jameen Davis from Kentucky, but his film looked good. And I think he has a promising future in Washington. Yeah, I think uh, I think that uh, I think that obviously we all knew that linebacker was a need, and I think we all understood after last year. I think when you look at the defense and you look at how stout the defense was, especially at the end of the year when they really started clicking, everybody could see. You know, when you have a, a defense that strong, it's pretty easy to see if there's a weakness. And linebacker was a weakness. I think we could all say that we need somebody that could cover. We needed somebody with more speed. Uh, Jack Del Rio said it himself: speed, speed, speed at the linebacker position, right? And so I think with Jamin, I think that you're getting that. I think it was a guy too. I think there were a couple guys that that's names were being thrown out there that it was like probably going to be one of these guys. And he was one that I I saw mentioned a lot. He climbed it seemed near the end of the draft. He started going up draft boards, but he seems like he's got the speed. He seems like he has the ability to cover. And of course, you know, you never know exactly, but he looks like the kind of guy that's going to come in, contribute right away, be a leader right away, hopefully, and and hopefully makes that weakness a little less weak, a little stronger. Uh, Because I think if if that happens, I think this defense is is on a different level. Okay, I think they will be built different. So We were top five with uh, the linebacking core that we had that was, you know, I'll, I'll say it average to mediocre. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was really our Achilles heel uh, in that playoff game. That's what got exposed was the linebacking. And then again, uh, and, and Jack said it himself and, and Ron as well. Uh, they made no bones about it that we, we needed uh, some help at linebacker. And, and that, that's the scary thing for, for other teams is that we had a top five defense with just decent linebacker play. So if we get good to excellent linebacker play, that top five defense goes to a – uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I'm excited though. Yeah, in general, I do. I, 
I, I've been watching the draft coverage on and off after our stream. So I, I was able to take a look at the next day's uh, picks as well. The first four picks I really liked for Washington because I think they touched on a little bit of everything that can improve a little bit better. Um, I'll let you all touch on that more, but I mean, Samuel Cosme, an offensive tackle from Texas. I mean, what's better than adding to your offensive line to make that even better? You got a quarterback. We desperately need a corner, a cornerback because Washington's future at cornerback. I'm, I'm not really sure. I still feel like that's up in the air and Diami Brown, a wide receiver from uh, UNC, because Terry McLaurin can't be the only weapon on the field for the Washington football team. I mean, Terry and Logan Thomas, obviously, but I mean, there has to be another star wide receiver out there as well. Yeah. yeah. If nothing else, just to take some of the burden off of Terry, uh, the issue that we've had is teams have been able to focus all their energy into Terry. So what happens when they no longer just have to lock down Terry, which is already in use. And it's, it's funny because you see how much he's thrived with all these defenses, just solely focusing on him. Uh, I mean, which, which is amazing, you know, so to see where his production's going to go, I mean, and we've, um, uh, we, we've said from the very beginning on our podcast, I don't, I don't know if, if you know this, Josh, but I mean, Terry McLaurin is and has always been. I think he'll, he'll, he'll forever be. He'll be HTWR's uh, favorite player. We contemplated for a short time actually renaming uh, our podcast in Terry McLaurin's honor. <laughs> I'm not making this up. We got receipts. Great. I, got I got recordings, Maddie Jane and myself. Like we almost did it. Yeah, no, I, I think I, but it's true. Like, and I think now you look at it, I think last year that we were at this point where it's like, okay, there is a, you know, just like we're talking about the linebackers, I think the receiving core, you could look at it and say, this needs a lot of help, you know, especially because we didn't know what quarterback was going to be coming in. It's like, you need to, you need to build this offense. So I think with the acquisition of Curtis Samuel in free agency, who I think is a great receiver as well, I think he's going to pair great with Terry. I mean, obviously they have history together. And then you bring in Diami Brown, who, Diami Brown, Diami, it, it Brown, right? I think he's gonna. I think he has the potential to be another great receiver, and I think. I mean, and we'll see. Tom will tell, but I don't think he doesn't have to be great. Great, he doesn't have to be elite. But I think you know, as long as he's good, I think already this upgrade to this offense and to this receiving core alone, and of course you added in Humphreys as well, which a lot of people sleep on Humphreys, but as a slot receiver, he can be a solid slot receiver. I think just in general, even with the depth or whatever you want to say, I think the receiving core has has taken. Uh, taking a big leap and so hopefully that shows on the field not just on paper and but like you said I think I think the needs were really hit and a lot of times I think in the draft it's like you know we're like oh we all know going in these are our needs and we kind of list out the needs and then a lot of times it's like okay we got some good players we still have some needs I really feel like this draft it was like okay obviously you know but I really do feel like on every position where it was like we really there's a need they hit on it and sometimes they even doubled up on it and so to me I feel really good with what this roster is looking at right now and, and what they did in the draft and what they did in free agency. Uh, I'm excited to see if some of these players are going to pan out because a lot of them, they just look like athletes. We know they picked some athletes in this draft that, man, if they're good, it's going to be scary in a good way. <laughs> yeah, so in the later rounds for Washington, I noticed 
obviously they drafted a long snapper, but that that's very uncommon to draft a long snapper. I don't think I've ever seen that before, but I mean, they had to replace Sunberg because I mean, I, I don't even know why Washington released Nick Sunberg, but they had to get it done. But I mean, other than that, are there any late round acquisitions that you all like more than the other or something like that? I don't know. I think that, uh, I think that we're going to see, I think that like an underrated thing that happened with the two, two of the seventh rounders being edge rushers. I, I think, well, I think that Shaka Tony, some people have talked about maybe them throwing him in a different type of line, like maybe trying him around some different spots, maybe not just edge. But I think that was like kind of a sneaky thing where it's like, we all know we got sweat and we got chase young. Like, we're good, but we don't think about we lost Ryan Kerrigan and we lost Ryan Anderson, and there's depth there that is necessary. And so I really feel good about those picks because in the moment you're like, but, you know, I think that that's uh, – they look like some guys that really could come in and not just be depth, depth, but, you know, if they pan out, contribute. And so I think those were, were picks that I looked at, and in the moment I was like, oh, but then I was like, no, that's – that's what you have to do right there. You build that depth. So I liked those picks uh, specifically. For myself, uh, I'm on to Cincinnati. Uh, and I'm talking about our fifth round pick, Derek Forrest, uh, that we got um, out of Cincinnati, who is, um, he is just, uh, he he's an athletic dude. Um, like, and he's, I have, I just have this sneaking suspicion Okay, that Derek Forrest is going to become for me because like Chase Young has his dudes, he's going to become like one of my dudes. And you know, I'm 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 a safety guy. Like it's it's a position that's very very near and dear to me, you know. And um, uh, I I did some I did some research on Derek Forrest. Uh, by all accounts, he is he's that guy who's he's the quintessential Ron Rivera guy. Uh, just like Jamin Davis. Uh, he's a team captain at Cincinnati. He is a leader. He's about his business. You know what I mean? He's that dude that's going to come in and work, and he's a selfless guy. He's about what can I do to contribute and help help the team. And, um, you know, I, I look at a player like him. I look at him as a guy who can provide, after a period of time, provide some solid uh, depth at safety. Now, he's raw. I mean, he, he needs work. Um, but I think he has the opportunity or will have the opportunity. He could come in, he could contribute right away on special teams. And I would not be surprised if the dude doesn't make some noise in the preseason. And we hear his name a lot on, uh, on special teams. He might become one of those dudes for us. Um, and if nothing else, the, he's a character guy. And I think that was a theme in this draft. Every player that was picked was either a team captain or was known as a team leader or was just a no nonsense, like um, to take from a, a football program that uh, that is one of the greatest football programs in college football, the Virginia Tech Hokies college football program. Uh, he has the the lunch mail excuse me lunch mail the lunch, lunch pail <laughs> mentality as we say if you ever look at uh tim settles a uh, big bicep that's like oh, yeah. the size of my leg um he's got that tattoo of the of the lunch pail on it you know it, and it's a it's about going to work it's about getting it done you know it's not about being like a like a you know a khaki wearing blue blood from uh charlottesville virginia um 
you know, so I, it, and I just feel like he's one of those guys who I feel like has the potential to just from the standpoint of being a, being a team leader, being a guy who's going to work, like being that dude. So, and, and I hope it does. And also, I mean, I gave us the opportunity, you know, to finally dip into our Forrest Gump uh, GIF images, which is great. I'm going to keep those flowing all season. Uh, when we drafted them, I was like, oh, it's great. I get to use this, uh, this GIF of, uh, of Forrest running. It's going to be, it's just going to be awesome. So Derek Forrest, uh, love him. If you have an, uh, go and check out some of his, uh, go check out some of his film. I think you'll, you'll like what you see. Um, and then uh, also, um, and, and we uh, retweeted a video that the team posted uh, courtesy of uh, Cincinnati. Um, they mic'd him up. Uh, go listen to his mic'd up uh, from Cincinnati. And uh, I promise you, you will love what you hear. A khaki wearing blue blood. I'm writing that down. I'm I'm saving that in the back pocket. Yeah, those 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 wahoos. You got to watch out for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the schedule release. Um, as you know, the schedule recently came out. I'm bundling these two episodes into sort of a pretty big jam-packed episode because the suspense is killing me. I just want football back. Seeing this schedule released, it's making me want football even more and even more. So without further ado, the Washington football team schedule is released. And I must say, who's in charge of making schedules? Because I, I want them eliminated from the NFL. I want them fired. I want them, I want them replaced. What is this nonsense? Five division games to end the season. I mean, I'm disappointed because, in my opinion, division games need to be spaced out. Um, you have a week two Thursday night game. The Washington football team facing the New York Giants at home. And then you have 10 games, 11 weeks with no division opponents. And then you stack the last five games of the season Dallas at Philly, at Dallas, Philly at New York. I mean, I've never seen that before. Have you? Yeah, the first time I saw it, I was like, is this a joke? <laughs> you know, like I couldn't believe it. And it almost it <laughs> and, and I can say this, you know, it, it it's like it's giving credence to you guys remember. I say we're because we're not that far removed, but if it, it feels totally different, but when I can recall casuals watching a game with me or something like that. And I would say something like, Oh, the refs are always against us. And they would go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just saying that. And they would watch the game. They'd be like, man, the refs are against y'all, you know, and stuff like that. Um, and it's one of those times it's like, does who wants us to lose this division? You know, it's almost like, because and, and as you said, we played the giants week two, Week two, it's the first game of the week because it's a Thursday night game. So we play our first game, and then we play them again on a short week. We play two games within five days, and as you said, we don't play another divisional game until the end of the season. And then it's back to back to back to back to back. And what happens as the season goes on, right? And 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 to your point with the divisional game, I mean, yeah, it's nice to. I mean, I understand wanting to have divisional games in in December. You know, and in this case, because the season's long, like, I mean, have in January as well. Um, but 
usually you would end up with two or maybe three within the last four or five weeks of your schedule. You got to spread it out a little bit. I, what makes me most upset about the division games being back to back to back to back like that. And then on the road and being back and all that stuff. It's like every other game. It's like, cause like, what was it? We play Philly and then Dallas and Philly, then Dallas. It's like, I think there's one where we like flip flop like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was, it was three issue, games, three yeah, games it, where you face them. That's more right. common than this. And so, I mean, and it changes the way that you prepare and it changes the way that you can study what they're going to do. And then the other thing is, you know, it, as a football team and football players will tell you this, you learn a lot more from a loss than you do f- from a win. And as the season goes on, you gain momentum. And so, I mean, the argument against it would be like, well, if Washington's on fire and they'll just tear through their division at the end, but it affects the way that you play. It affects the way that you prepare. So, I mean, I would have been okay with three to end the season. I would be like, Oh, that's a bit much, but I mean, I would, I would actually think that would be cool if it was like the last three games, giants, Dallas Eagles in whatever order. And I always like Dallas last game of the season. I just think that I think we should always, I mean, if I had my way, we'd play Dallas first game and we'd play Dallas last game. I think that would be cool. Um, but yeah, I think you kind of uh, you're, you're taking something away from us specifically. Cause it's not all the other teams in the East. Cause I saw someone make that argument too. It's like, well, the other teams have to do the same thing. I'm like, no, we have to play all of these division games at this while everyone else in the divisions games are being spread out. And uh, you know, and I'm sure, and this is the type of stuff that will get dragged and it's be like, well, you were telling us, you know, last year, well, telling the giants, well, all they had to do was win and, and they'd get in. So, I mean, it is what it is i mean there's nothing we can do to change it but i just it feels like it feels like some it it just feels like someone was going hey so washington is going to be better this year how are we going to curtail this and the national media too is just uh, how can i put this always um uh how can I put this? Uh, the lips are in a certain place on a certain part of the team in Dallas. <laughs> oh, goody. <laughs> oh, it's true. It's damn true. <laughs> uh, uh, you got me there again, Freddie. That, w- that was a good one. Maddie, I need your thoughts on this schedule. Yeah, no, I, I hate I hate that it's I just it just feels absurd. Like it feels like something like like Freddie said. Like it feels like a joke. Like there's no way somebody was looking at this and was like, yeah, this works. Like send it along. This will be good. Like five. Like it's. I mean, I I it just and I just hate just as a fan thinking like Philly then Dallas, then Philly again. And it's going to feel like this weird deja vu where it's like, man, we just like this feels like I feel like at the end of the season, it's going to be like, man, we just did this. We just did this and now we're doing it again. And now we're doing it like it's going to, I don't know. And hopefully, you know, hopefully we are playing great and we just whip everybody. And it's like, all right, let's whip them again. Hopefully That'd be nice. If not like that's just, yeah, no, I, I think um, I'm excited for the season. I'm so excited and ready for it that I'm like, Part of me is like, got it. But I feel like as we get closer to time, I'm just going to become again more and more aware that like, this is literally, I think they said like only one other team in like the common era this has happened to. So I'm like, 
it would be us. It would be Washington. And uh, I, I think that it's just, I think it's silly. I think it's silly, and I, I really don't like it. Looking at other games for the Washington football team, um, I'm very surprised they didn't throw Buffalo to week 18 because I thought that would have been a very brutal matchup going up to Buffalo in December. But no, they're week three. I, I'm surprised they did not throw Buffalo in that mix. They're playing Kansas City, who the Super Bowl runner-up, obviously losing to Tampa Bay. We could po- The Washington football team could possibly get revenge against Tampa Bay. We definitely need revenge against Carolina. I know you all can agree with that. And we have a Thursday night, a Sunday night, and a Monday night. So we have three primetime games this year. Um, I mean, all eyes look to be on Washington to perform better because last season there was no such no primetime game except for that Monday night makeup game where Washington goes into Heinz Field and upsets Pittsburgh. But this schedule, it is a first place strength schedule, but there are some games I could see going either way. I I definitely think Washington and Ron Rivera is out to get Carolina this game, um, this season. Green Bay, depending on where Aaron Rodgers goes, I feel like Washington could single-handedly beat them if Blake Bortles is starting for them. Who knows? Can you imagine? I mean, I know we've never had a sign Blake Bortles. Yeah, I look at the the Kansas City game uh, similarly to you know the 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 Steelers game because it's like will this team take the next step? Will they take another step? And and again, it, it's one of those things. And 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 you know, we said, I mean, we we gave Tampa Bay the hardest test of the playoffs. I mean, we did, and we did it with Taylor Heineke, but. And as I stated before, with, with our linebacker play and everything else, what did the Bucks have on defense that we didn't have? They had great linebacker play, right? And they bested the mighty Chiefs. Now, they did it with the GOAT, with the greatest of all time at quarterback. At their you home know. stadium. Right. What a better so, script. So you, so you have all of that. But I, I, eh, but I feel like, you know, if we can – and I like where it falls kind of in the middle of the season. That's a really, really big test. If we start the season and we're kind of up and down and we can go into Kansas city or assuming Kansas city is having to come here and that, that helps. Um, and hoping that we have, that we do have some type of home field advantage that we, that we do start to get that back. Um, it, it does help that we're not playing that game at Arrowhead. Um, uh, I, I just I feel like that is going to be a very, very pivotal game. It's not going to be one of those games where in years past it was, oh, like like when the Patriots when we would play the Patriots, when the Patriots would come into town and we would talk, we'd be talking about the game the week before talking about what the keys might be. But we all know, like we're all saying it in the back of our heads. You know, we know the Patriots going to come in here and they're going to beat the breaks off of us. Like uh-huh. they're going to just destroy us. They're going to wipe they're going to wipe us off of their boot. Right. But I don't, 
and and you know I might I might have a different opinion when when we actually do get to the game, but I don't feel that way looking at the schedule. I, I and that was what was refreshing being able to look at the schedule and even looking at that Chiefs game, Seahawks game, um, the Bills, and saying we're going to be competitive. Um, and so, you know, so that's that's really cool. I I, I like that. Um, well, I I, I don't like making game by game predictions just because. And and I also I, I've been I've been very uh, I've been very against when people want to talk about strength of schedule because there's so much parity in the NFL to where you have teams that are perennially good and eventually their time comes where they're not or they step down or they have a lull period right but there's always a handful of teams that were bad or mediocre last year that are going to be good this year. And there's going to be a handful of teams that were good last year that are going to suck this year. So I don't put so much into the strength of schedule because it's based off of last year. And these are totally different teams. Teams are different every single year. I think people uh, fail to, to, to realize that too. And why, why we need to look at everything with such a sense of urgency, because the windows are so small, especially in today's NFL. Yeah, well, and I think, too, just looking at week one, I think we're going to be able to tell a lot from week one because I think the Chargers team, if they come out and they are the Chargers team that I think they can be led by Justin Herbert, like I think this is a good team, and I think it'll be right off the bat you're getting a good test. Is this team ready to come and play? Is this team going to be able to step up? And I think, like I said, I think from week one we should be able to tell, like, you know, are we are we taking the are we taking that next step? Are we ready to face this challenge? What it, what are we looking like? So I think that's exciting because I think that we could beat the Chargers. I genuinely do. And I think if we come in and we do, that's like, okay, beat the Chargers week one. Like, that's no easy feat. It shouldn't be. So I think we'll be able to tell a lot from week one, and then hopefully it just goes up from there. Yeah, I, I thought last year when I saw Washington beat Philadelphia week one, it was like, hey, that's how our season's going to go. Then we drop five straight, you know? True. I, I'm I'm am just scared no. that that might happen again to this Washington football team. But I I with Ron Rivera his first his first I want to call this actual season because there was so much drama last year. I feel in him going through cancer and everything. I mean, this should be like quote unquote Ron Rivera's first official season, in my opinion, because he was there from the very start without COVID ramped up or anything, drafting his players the way he wants because it's him, Martin Mayhew, Marty Herney making the decisions. And hopefully the front office in um, Dan Snyder's staying out of it. And that that's how I look at things. If Dan Snyder just collects the revenue and they're up there making all the right decisions, we're going to make uh, the Washington football team will make it somewhere. Yeah, so um, another game I was looking at, I want to get your thoughts on the New Orleans Saints. Um, They're coming to Washington, and Drew Brees has now retired. So that could be an easier matchup as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we – I and again, like I feel like there is this sense of – yeah, like, you know, there is homerism where you're like that bias, and you're like, oh, well, yeah, we could beat the Saints. 
But I, I genuinely do. I think we. I think even if Bru- Drew Brees was still here, I think at this point I'd be like, I think we could beat the Saints. But I think especially right now, you know, we'll see how Jameis or you know, are they they going hill? They going like we don't know what's happening there. I think the Saints is definitely a, a winnable game. I I think again, it, it does look when you look at the schedule, and it. I don't feel like I felt this strongly in past years as I do now, where I'm like, no, I really think. Because I think that we've always like, oh, this is a strong team. But then it's like they give it away a lot of times. We remember that Saints game from years ago. I wish I didn't remember it. That's like, but, you know, I think. Oh, which one? I remember a few. Oh, when we gave it away, it was like 15 point lead. Like it was a huge lead in like a couple minutes. Oh, yeah. That was ugly. But I think, I I think, uh, I, I think that this is a team that like shown more resilience and like that they fight to the end and also that they can. You know, if they get a lead, they can keep a lead. Like last season, you just see this different mentality with Ron Rivera where I'm like, no, I, f- I do feel differently about this team. So, hey, listen, I think I think Saints are beatable. Yes, I'll, I'll put it in my book. Listen, I'll say we've beaten the Saints. I'll put it down right now. I don't care. I'm not putting money on it, but I'll say we beat them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Freddie, Maddie, will this be the year that the Washington football team can finally win a scheduled Monday night football game. Who we play on Monday night again? The Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I'm going to say yes. (laughs) You are so confident about that. And I'm going to say what maddie said i'm not gonna (laughs) say it but i'm just gonna say what she said what the washington football team team's record on monday night is atrocious i'm calling it a loss off the back until i see something down the road that breaks the monday night curse going all the way back to the monday night massacre mike vick and the eagles against the Washington football team. That's one of them. Drew Brees breaking his record against the Washington football team at the Superdome. Uh, uh, the I Steelers mean, spanked us on, on a Monday night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. First week of the season, mm-hmm. Monday night. Mm-hmm. And... These are bad flashbacks. Well, uh, who else? The Giants on Monday night, they smacked. I think the Giants smacked the Washington football team on Monday night, too. Um, I remember uh, RG3's <laughs> second season. You know, when he rushed himself and he came back too early, he was that, yeah. that whole all-in for week one. And I believe it was Monday night. I believe that was Monday night game. And, uh, yeah, we lost. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, but that's why I'm like, if, if we win on Monday night, I do believe, okay, we're different. I think maybe that's the barometer. If we win on Monday night, this team is different. Yeah. Okay. Monday night is the hurdle. I've always wanted to see the Washington football team break and they never have. No, no, it's very, very sad. But, um, other than that, just to wrap up this schedule talk, I mean, the last five games of the season, I still think is ridiculous. And hopefully that never happens to another NFL football team as long as the NFL lives. 
Yeah, 100%. You know, one of and one of those games is I think it's Sunday night football. I'm not sure. It's Does Christmas Day after Christmas. Yeah. It's on yeah. NBC. But it's to be determined on the time and if we're both in the hunt at that time and both playing well, not oh, that no. I'm not that I'm rooting for for Dallas to play well, but uh, I mean that's that's gonna that'll be a big game. It's always a big game. No, the Dallas one is the day after Christmas on Sunday Night Football. The fi- week fifteen is the game at Philadelphia with a to be determined date and time. Gotcha. I'm not really sure why that is. I think it's the. Oh, that's probably why, because the NFL does another stupid thing at Saturday games. What's worse than Saturday games? The only day I'm off is Sunday and they add Saturday games. I wish that would never happen. Yeah. What the heck? (laughs) I know. I know so much. But I mean, that about wraps it up on my end for the Washington football team, chopping it up with me, Freddie Ham and Maddie Crocker of the HT We Are podcast. Check them out on Twitter in all streaming platforms. Guys, any last words before we end this segment? Just, um, just want to thank you, Josh, for, for having us on. Um, it, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it, I've really, really enjoyed this, and I, I would would love to be back on back on uh, again. And uh, we certainly uh, have to have you on our show. Um, want to For extend sure. that invitation to you, sir. You're, sure. you're welcome on any. You're welcome on uh, anytime. Um, it's it's always good to uh, to speak to someone who's passionate and uh, get getting the chance to speak to you. We I can tell that you're you're very very passionate and also have to compliment you on uh, putting out such such a great product and and it sounds so professional, you know. Like I feel like I'm listening to it's like I'm like I'm turning on NBC or Comcast or something <laughs> like that. Like you really do such a really really good job and it's 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 very very cool. So. Um, so for myself, I just want to say thank you. I'm shedding tears right now. Thank you so much, Freddie. <laughs> no, I, I echo everything Freddie said, and I'm going to say something too, that he said earlier, just to add on to what he said, um, that the Washington football team is going to go 17 and 0 and win the Super Bowl. He told me that earlier. So I wanted to add that to um, all the great sentiments, uh, that, like I said, I totally agree. Josh, you're awesome. You do amazing stuff. And I'm just honored to be here hanging out. And like y'all said, chopping it up. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're definitely coming back on our, my show soon. And I look forward to the day I get to be on HT. We are the you Kirby bring your hot takes, Josh. We're, we're all about the hot takes, the hot take. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to try to find some more, but the Kirby <laughs> on sports podcast will continue right after this. Is it finally time to upgrade your home's interior? How about with an authentic farm table made locally from recycled barn wood? Shenandoah Primitives, based right here in Winchester, Virginia, makes farm tables, benches, tables, 
coffee tables, and a long list of other items for your home decorating needs. At Shenandoah Primitives, function and style are combined for great furniture that will last generations. If you're interested in combining the industrial look of metal with wood or considering something incredibly unique with a live edge, Shenandoah Primitives turns those ideas into reality. Thinking about a mirror, wine rack, or other accent piece for your home, Shenandoah Primitives can assist with that as well. As a local small business, Shenandoah Primitives is happy to work with each client for a custom design or schedule an appointment to come out and view current inventory. Local, high-quality, handmade items can be found at Shenandoah Primitives. Find us on Facebook and Instagram or visit us at www.shenandoahprimitives.com. Once again, that's www.shenandoahprimitives.com. Thank you to Freddie Ham and Maddie Crocker of the HT We Are podcast for chopping it up with myself, uh, talking the Washington football team in the NFL draft and the schedule release. A big thanks to Dan Dembski for coming on as well earlier to talk about the schedule release and some hot games that could possibly be thrillers in this year's NFL season. It's something we're all looking forward to. But without further ado, that wraps up another edition of the Kirby on Sports podcast. A huge thanks to our sponsors, as always, Regroup Building Services, PM Plus Reserves, Shenandoah Primitives, and Chief Graphics. Big thanks, as always, to Dave Johnson and Productions by Quet for their support as well. Make sure you check out the Kirby on Sports podcast on all streaming platforms, all social media platforms, and you can check out our website, www.kirbyonsports.com. Until the next time you hear us, always remember to create greatness, and we will catch you next time. Peace out.